Dude. Dude. Sup. Sup. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dude Sup Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. With me, as always, the grumpy old man, Peter. Grumpy is right. How's it going? It's going fine. Um, I've been listening to this podcast, the Dude Sup Podcast. And, and while the old man in this podcast is really funny... What the hell is up with his voice? That's not his voice on the podcast. Uh, it's been his voice for the 33 years no. I've been alive. No, no. I sound much better than that. No, I you sound- think you sound much better than that. Yeah. But you don't. Uh, oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> Things are good, though. Good. Good. We, uh, Jameson had his back to school night tonight, so we were out doing that. I finally got to see his school and classroom. He's, he's still in preschool, so it's a separate, it's not like a real school, but they still do back to school night. So he was really excited to show me his classroom and all the things in it and all the different activity sections. And that's cool. That's cool. So that, yeah, that was fun. I got the Yankee game on. Judge is playing well, but the Yankees suck. Well, we'll talk about that at some point. Yeah, but other than that, yeah, things are good here and can't complain. And we're we're doing and we're going. Let's go. All right, let's kick it off with two more of Dad's Life Rules. I, take it I, away. I think at some point we're going to have to make it only one because there are just so many life rules that are out there. And these two don't at all correspond with each other, but we will still do them. Rule number 10, and every man in the world knows this, whether he knows it or not. And that is certainly when you're with a woman, be it a girlfriend, a fiance, a wife, the rule is the woman is always right. Now, part of that is is the other rule that says, Pick and choose your battles. Rule number three, don't get married. Well, <laughs> that too. But but pick and choose your battles. When you're, when you're dealing with a woman, it's, it should never be a battle. Uh, they're always right. Or they always think they're right. And you always have to let them think they're right, even though most of the time they're wrong. It's funny that you mentioned rule six, because uh, as I was thinking about the rule this week, um, that was one of my... Hey, maybe I'll ask dad, do you think this really goes along with six, which is pick and choose your battles? Um, so I'm glad we're kind of on the same page with that. Yes, I think so. You see a lot of memes. You see a lot of things that uh, are Instagram and TikTok about this. Uh, bottom line is the woman is always right. If she says green is blue, you say you're right, honey, and you move on. Happy wife, happy life. Amen to that, brother. Which I know, actually know a lot of people, and I think mostly women would try to refute that. But I think from both of our experiences, as much as you can make them happy and say they're right, the easier your life is going to be. That is very true. And at the same time, the rule itself isn't always true, which makes it that much more difficult when you say, no, that's green, not blue. You want me, you want me to amend this one a little? 
The woman is always right, and as a man, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Just make that a keep, different rule. Keep your mouth keep Although your I, mouth. Honestly, that might be a rule. Uh, it might be. Hey, look, I get in more trouble with that one than anything else. So that's a good one. That's a good one. So rule 10, the woman is always right, whether they are or not. Yeah, and again, I think, I think most women although they want to be right, would actually probably hate this rule. You know, they, they say, oh, yeah, of course, we're always right. You have to say we're right, we're right. But I think really as they thought about it, they they would hate that this is a rule to say we're always right. That's right. But in their hearts, they feel they're always right. So, yes, I agree with that too. Okay. And rule 11? Rule 11. Then this one, this one I need to explain because it might not be evident. Rule number 11 is real life is always more important than fake life. What is fake life? Fake life is texting on your phone. Fake life is watching television. Fake life is doing anything but paying attention to the person in the room with you who is talking to you and the examples. And, and I'll throw my wife under the bus because she doesn't understand this rule at all. If we're talking and we're having a discussion that is reasonably serious and she gets a text message, the phone is immediately picked up, immediately looked at, and I'm told just a minute. And okay, you've got a text. I appreciate that. But a text doesn't have to be looked at immediately. Wait for a sentence to finish. Wait for a, a thought to be done. Then pick up the phone. The other thing is you're watching television. Television. Fake life. And you come up with something that's important that you remember. And in my case, I don't remember what I had for breakfast. So when I remember something, I want to say it. And I'll start to say it and, and this is not just Andrea, it's Andrea, it's been other people. I start to say this, what I consider important, and they shush me. Shush, I'm watching TV here. That's fake life. And I don't think that it should ever be more important than the person you're with talking. Wait for the message. If the, even if the phone is ringing, no one's dying. You can wait, you can get the voicemail, especially if you're in a serious conversation. If you're screwing around, it might be one thing. But understand that the person with you, the real life, is more important than fake life. Yeah, and I think that's never been more prevalent than in today's day and age with the internet and cell phones and then smartphones and tablets and computers and television and streaming services. Now, I... I will reverse it for just a second because um, an example came to mind. I play a game online called Hearts. And when you're playing a game online, it's real time. You're playing. You're engaged with the other three people. And all too often, I'll be asked to do something while I'm playing. And I invariably say, to whomever it is. I'm playing in a game real time. I'll get it in a few minutes. That 
could be breaking a rule, the same rule. It could be an exception to the rule. I'm not going to talk to you if you're on the phone. That's different. Well, and there there are certainly degrees of of it, because you mentioned you have something important to say, as opposed to, hey, can you get me something? If they don't need that, you know, if it's not, I'm bleeding, get me a Band-Aid, and it's, hey, get me some water, please. Right. Then I think that that's an acceptable. Hey, I'm playing online. It's real. It's it's you know I can't pause the game. Let can you wait a few minutes and then I'll be happy to get you water. Right. Um, but I think even more so than just the the in person aspect of it that you're mentioning, where it's you know you and your wife, me and my wife, we're sitting, whatever. I have something to say, and she's on her phone, or vice versa. I think it can even go deeper than that with fake life where people get too into what other people are posting on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. And what do people post on there? They post positive things. Oh, look at my kid. Look what he just did. Oh, hey, I just graduated today. Oh, hey, this and that. This I got a new dog. This is great. You don't see the negative side of all these people. And it sometimes can make you feel like shit. Because you think, oh my God, all these people have their lives together. I don't have my life together. You're not seeing their real life. You're seeing their fake life. What they post, what they're showing you. And you're not seeing their real life. And you need to take a step back sometimes and say, look, they might have some good stuff going on in their life. But I bet you they're dealing with the same shit that we are. And that's a good point. I had not thought of that as an example at all. And it's my damn rule. But that you're right, Dan. The posting of stuff can very well be fake life in addition. Right. And, and it's not that it's fake, right? Yeah, you want to share the good times. I get that. Everyone wants to share their good times. And, well, and happy birthdays and, oh, look at this. And, yeah, there's some other sad stuff that gets posted that's real life. But people post what they want you to see. They don't post their entire life story for everyone to see and read and, and see the pictures of. So, it, it's something to bear in mind that I think goes right along with this rule, which I know was based off of what you've said, but I think even now more prevalent with social media is people are only posting what they want you to see. No, that's fair. That's fair and valid. Good. All right. So life rules 10, the woman is always right. Number 11, real life is always more important than fake life. And we'll say we have now completed the top 12. I was going to say top 10, but we had to do a little finagling and everything with some of the life rules. So we've done our uh, the top 10. That's, you know, the 10 commandments of dad's life rules um, are now on the podcast. So although that's not to say that some of the ones that are to come aren't necessarily more important than the top 10, but those are the, the first 10. Yes. All right. That sounds good. Dad's life rules. Always fun to learn about the history of them. Hope you guys are paying attention. I think most of them make sense to most people. Certainly there can be discussions and arguments about it. Let us know what you think of the woman being always right. And how do you feel about real life being more important than fake life? I feel like a lot of people preach that and don't necessarily follow it. So let us know what you think. Good. All right, I got a good list for you today. You ready? Yes. 
You ready for this Daily Dan brought to you by Papa Schmear's Bagels, a top five bagel for a top five breakfast? Come check us out at papashmearsbagels.com or on Instagram at papashmearsbagels. Top five ice cream flavors, brand specific. So you got to give me the flavor and the brand. Well, okay. I'm probably not too good at this, but and it's your list. I would have to say Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia. Ben and Jerry's Cherry Garcia, tribute to Jerry Garcia and your favorite shirts, The Grateful Dead. Yeah. For those who don't know, Dad has about 800 tie-dye Grateful Dead shirts that he cut the sleeves off of. And he lives in Florida and wears them with his ridiculous cut-off jean shorts. Every Very day. handsome. Uh, yes, Cherry Garcia is number two on my list. It's delicious. It's cherry ice cream with cherries in it and fudge flakes in it. Absolutely one of my favorites. And Ben and Jerry's has started making non-dairy. Hooray, because I'm lactose intolerant. And and it they've made a non-dairy version of this. So I am super happy and thankful for that. Well, as far as, as clever is concerned, Ben and Jerry's has has it locked down. So it's hard for me to to know, you know, Haagen-Dazs doesn't name their ice cream. They simply say coffee or vanilla. But I would say Haagen-Dazs coffee ice cream that will, probably won't be your top, but is a top branded flavored ice cream. Coffee, Haagen-Dazs. Numero uno. Oh, really? I, I absolutely love a plain coffee ice cream. I feel like there's too many coffee ice creams nowadays that have Java chip in it. And they have to leave it alone. Coffee ice cream is one of the best flavors of ice cream of all time. I don't care who makes it. And Haagen-Dazs just happens to be the greatest of all time. So coffee, Haagen-Dazs. Number one, I'm going to, I'm going to bring up something that you probably have never heard of, um, but but I have heard it considered to be one of the top ice creams. There is a company called Tillamook. I've heard of Tillamook. Tillamook, Tillamook, Mook. has a chocolate ice cream called Mudslide. Now, in one case, the chocolate ice cream itself is really good. But it's got all sorts of chocolate crap in it, uh, chunks, and and absolutely a great ice cream. So I will shout out Chelsea's friend Brooklyn on this one, who introduced Chelsea to that ice cream and to that flavor specifically. And I think it's one of Chelsea's favorites now. Um, However, Tillamook does not make non-dairy ice cream so, so fuck them it's no, not in my top five Dan, make- it's my list that's right it's my list and it's not in my top five jesus okay i'm gonna <laughs> I, I, okay just just to help you along the way because there are so many ice creams so many brands uh as chelsea would put it i am a simple bitch when it comes to ice cream so there's they're, they're fairly simple, straightforward ice creams. Yeah, but but everybody makes ice cream. 
Uh, yeah, I, and who are the best ice cream makers? Well, I'm not going to say Briars because Briars has lost their touch. Uh, there's Edie's. But I'd, I'd go with any of the major brands that make a mint chocolate chip. Mint chocolate chip, number one on Chelsea's list for sure. Uh, especially not Briars, the Edie's, because it's green. It's got to be green mint chocolate chip. It has to be uh, green. That's right. Correct. Briars is white. Forget correct. it. Correct. Now, I, I will also mention that, so you've gotten one and two. Three and four are the same brands that you've already mentioned. It's not the number one of that brand and not have to name five different brands. It's my five favorite ice creams. Yeah, but you're going fairly plain. Most of the Ben and Jerry's have crap in it. True. Some are simpler than others. Yeah, well, there's New York Super Fudge. There's there's Chunky Monkey. Um, I can't even come up with them all. But you but you want to go basic. I'm going to tell you my favorite, and that's Carvel. Carvel Vanilla Orchard. I know. Yeah. Make it- you and your fucking Carvel. Give me a break. Carvel. 1940s head. Carvel frozen yogurt ice cream. Number one all time. Dipped in chocolate. Doesn't get much better than that. But but again, I don't know if you're going to consider their ice cream cake with the, the nope. crunches in it. No. Well, then and I- honestly, I'll be honest with you. I don't really like ice cream cake. If I'm eating cake, give me some fucking cake. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Dan. Ice cream cake doesn't really like you either. Yeah, that's fine. They told me. All right. I'm going to give you a hint for one of these. Jesus, I hint. We would go, I can't think of the name of the mall now, but it's. I always remember it as the mall with the little chefs on the bikes going around the food court. Oh. Silver Spring, Maryland, somewhere down there. It was pretty far away for us, but it had the Warner Brothers store. You know what mall I'm talking about? Do I need to look this up? Might have been Montgomery Mall. Maybe Montgomery Mall. Maybe it's as simple as calling it that. It wasn't Lake Forest Mall. But it was the other one that we would go to, and it was a drive. Yeah. And they had a Haagen-Dazs. And anytime we would get ice cream when we would go to this mall, I would get, think of 8, 10, 12-year-old Dan. Strawberry. Strawberry. Haagen-Dazs strawberry is number three. It is, Haagen-Dazs is so pure with their ice creams and it's got little bits of real strawberry in it. And I I don't know how Haagen-Dazs does it, but they make perfectly flavored, delicious ice creams and strawberry is number three. Well, you know, I don't like strawberry ice cream per se, but yes, Haagen-Dazs makes a good strawberry. Um, Eats the shit out of me, Dan. This is a tough one. Uh, ben and Jerry's something? Yes. Is Chocolate it- base. New York super fudge. Nah, it's close. Chocolate oh. fudge brownie. Okay. And again, non-dairy, because Ben and Jerry's is starting to make almost all their flavors non-dairy, so I appreciate that. Thank you, Ben and Jerry's, because Haagen-Dazs hasn't done that yet. Um, their chocolate fudge brownie is chocolate ice cream with literal chunks of fudge brownie in it. So it's got one little thing in it, but it's chocolatey and it's delicious. Yes, it's good ice cream. I I agree. I hadn't thought of that, but yes. The last one isn't one of your. I mean, it's a it's a brand we've mentioned, and it it's a a fairly basic flavor, 
Uh, but there's a specific reason I like this brand's over any other brand of this ice cream. Give me the brand. The brand is uh, Edie's, or in some parts of the world, aka Wichita, Kansas, it's Dryers, not Briars, Dryers. Um, Dan, Edie's. No, I can't, Dan. I, you stumped me on this list. <laughs> Cookies and cream. And the reason I like Edie's cookies and cream as opposed to anyone else's is because most other cookies and creams have large chunks of what you would call an Oreo cookie or sandwich cookie. Edie's, although it has smaller chunks like that, really has more of a blend. I think of it like a French vanilla where it's got the little beans in a French vanilla, you know, but it's cookie. So it's kind of all over the place. It's little bits that you don't really taste as cookie, but you get that huge cookie flavor. And that's why I like Edie's over all the other brands. That's fair. Recap, and then I want to say something. Okay. So um, number five, cookies and cream Edie's. Number four, chocolate fudge brownie, Ben and Jerry's. Number three, strawberry Haagen-Dazs. Number two, cherry Garcia, Ben and Jerry's. And number one, Coffee Hagen Das. That's the Daily Dan brought to you by Papa Schmear's Bagels, a top five bagel for a top five breakfast. Come check us out at papashmearsbagels.com or on Instagram at Papa Schmear's Bagels. And to our listeners, Carvel. Ah, oh, fuck your Carvel. Carvel. I remember eating them as a kid. I never liked them. I don't like it. Look, if I want ice cream, give me a bowl of ice cream, maybe with some toppings, turn it into a sundae, whatever. Great. If I want cake, I might eat some cake, okay? My my mother-in-law for my birthday just made what Jameson now calls a poop cake. And it's a chocolate cake with a coffee espresso ganache in the middle and coffee frosting. And he calls it poop cake because he puts a little of the dark ganache. He, he decorates the top. So he puts a little of the frosting and, and ganache on the top and little swirls that kind of look like that. So uh, cake delicious if i wanted ice cream don't put it in a cake give me a bowl of ice cream curmudgeoned (laughs) yeah so what are you curmudgeoning about these days then i have a good one today and this one doesn't necessarily mean yelling like i have gone off but it is absolutely something that pisses me off and probably pisses off a whole bunch of other people and that is, in movies, needless death. And, you know, you say, movies where the characters didn't have to, didn't have to die to bring the plot forward or to a conclusion. They just throw it in, and it's needless and not necessary. And that pisses me off. And when I see a movie like that, I tend never to watch the movie again. So so where do I start? I'm going to go way back in time to start this. Why? Why? You know all of our listeners don't like you and your old fucking no. stupid whatever the hell Gunga Din movies that you're going to be talking wait, about. Wait a minute. Harold and Rebecca and Cindy will be listening and they're going to understand this. Oh, Jesus. Is, Here we there go. Is, there is a movie called Easy Rider and it's one of Jack Nicholson's first and he joins up with uh, Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda, who are stoners on mice, on bikes. 
And it's the whole thing of the straight guy, Jack Nicholson, getting into their their culture and riding with them and bonding with them and having a good time. And the whole movie is them bonding. And at the end, at the very end, they're riding, Jack Nicholson's behind Peter Fonda, and they're riding down the road, and they come up to a pickup truck. And they're looking at the pickup truck, and the pickup truck guy is making fun of them. And I think it might be Peter Fonda or Dennis Hopper gives the guy a finger, which is not worth dying over. And this guy takes out a fucking shotgun and kills all three of them. Jesus. Okay. Oh, so spoiler alert. Well, I was going to preface, because no one's seen that movie and no one gives a shit, um, that... Yes, there are going to be spoilers, clearly, in in what's coming. So we're not going to preface all the spoilers. If you want to, skip ahead now uh, so that hopefully we don't spoil anything because... No one's going to skip. And if they do, then the hell with them. Um, So so that starts it off. They didn't have to die. It was a good movie. You see them riding off into the sunset. Good movie. It really is a good movie. Okay. I'm going to go right, right for the juggler, and I'm going to go Harry Potter. Um, and I'm curious I'm, how many you have from Harry Potter because yeah, I have Harry Potter as well. I'm I have, I have one, and I'm going to tell you why one, and then I'm going to rebut the one that I think that you're going to say. Um, I have four. Well, Fred Weasley certainly didn't have to die. Hundred percent. Okay. Um, a lot of people who are Harry Potter nerds, because I am one of them, and so is Chelsea, and I've talked about this over and over again. No, Fred didn't have to die. The people who say, oh, he kind of did because he replaces the fourth marauder where he's now with James and Lupin and Sirius because yeah. he was one. No, no. Go fuck yourself. He didn't need to die. Well, Let I, the twins be the twins. I agree. Now, um, since you want to stay on this movie... Just for a moment. I'm going to rebut what, I'm, knowing you, Dan, is is what you think is needless, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why it's not. You're going to You're, say Dobby shouldn't have died. Dobby's my favorite character. Dobby's probably everybody's favorite character. Why does Dobby have to die? And I'm going to tell you why. Dobby never meant to kill. Dobby only meant to maim or seriously injure. Well, I know why. And and there's there's an actual logical book book reason in the movies. It, it's a pointless death because he's a beloved character and doesn't yes. have to die. In in the books, there is I understand there's a logical reason for it, and you probably have a different reason. The logical reason is it teaches Harry how to finally shut out Voldemort from his mind and allow that connection to essentially be broken unless Harry wants to open it. Um, but Dobby doesn't need to die. He's such a good character. He's just the best character creature ever. So what? That doesn't mean that they're not supposed to die. He doesn't, no, he doesn't need to die. It's no point. He does. Understand his talent. His talent is apparating. If No, he, were, he can do any magic. Well, but, but understand this final battle. If he's still alive, this final battle is a no-brainer. They win. They win easy. His magic, he can do all. He can bring everybody back into Hogwarts. And and I think his death also has to implicate 
uh, Beatrice as being Be- Bellatrix. Really, re- Beatrix, really. Beatrix. Beatrix. Bellatrix. Who? Bellatrix. Um, read the books once. Give me a book. So, so you need her to be. Anyway, I'm moving on. Because I'm... Well, okay. So I have two others from Harry Potter, real no, quick. I don't even like Harry Potter. <laughs> One is Hedwig. Hedwig. Why does Hedwig need to die? Well, exactly. The okay. other is Tonks. Because Tonks and Lupin get married. And I understand Lupin dying and all the marauders dying. That makes sense. I get it. Why do you have to create another Harry Potter situation in killing Tonks and leaving their new eight-month-old or whatever baby without parents? That's bullshit. Okay, and that might be true. But but Tonks is, is not a major character at all. And in the movies that I'm bringing up, major characters. Okay? For example, and and probably the most debated of all time is Jack in Titanic, who's hanging on to this raft. There's room on the raft. It's a door. It's a door. It's a giant door that they both could have easily fit on. It's a giant door raft. Well, And and in fact, I'm pretty sure I've seen an article that James Cameron, who is the director of the film, literally came out and said, yeah, there's room on it. There's room. He could have survived. So so needless death. He didn't have to. Let's move on. Let's go to the Hunger Games. And, and Mockingjay 2 specifically, which is where most people die anyway. There are two characters that absolutely did not have to die to push the plot forward. And that's Finnick, who had just gotten married and was a beloved character and, and, and a staunch ally. Uh, Finnick didn't have to die. He just didn't. And and then there's the obvious one, which is Prim at the end. Oh, Them gets killing- me. Prim, right. Prim is such bullshit. It right. gets me every time. You don't have to fucking kill her sister. Finnick, okay, warrior. It's war. I, I no, he shouldn't have died. I get no, it. But it, it's it's more understandable than Prim. Prim is bullshit. Well, the fact that they killed the kids is the tragedy that you need to have that will allow her to shoot what's his name? He doesn't she doesn't shoot well um, no. snow. She's that's what she's aiming at until she finds out that that um right, she realizes it's coin. That's right. That that coin was the one that did it. But whether or not Prim died in that or all the kids died, it didn't have to be Prim. And Prim could have lived happily ever after in her house after with the good the kids and so there's one. Now I'll Agreed. just I'll just run through them because we're running out of time here. Um we're not out of time. We got plenty of time, old man. Plenty okay. of time. Zombieland, which is a good fun movie. I love Zombieland. Um, okay. And by accident they killed Bill Murray, who is is goofing it up as a zombie. And and no, he could have gotten hit over the head. Maybe he gets shot in the arm. He doesn't have to die to make the movie better or move forward. He didn't the, have to die. The only thing I'm going to ref- refute with Bill Murray is that you at the beginning and with 
talking all this had mentioned major characters. Bill Murray's not really a major character in that movie. He's a fun character. He dresses up like a zombie to to get along and he plays golf and and it's fun and funny, but he's not a major character in no, that well, movie. Well, I don't know. I think when we talked about it, it might have been major, but we're not talking major now. We are simply talking about movies in which a character did not have to die. Well, okay. And I'll tell you, I have I have a list too of some that I definitely don't think that you've thought of or considered. Um, if you mentioned running through it, I also have a couple from TV and then I do have a couple controversial ones that I thought would be interesting to bring up. Well, I'm going to run three quick ones just past you and then, then you can come forward. The movie speed. There is Kino Reeves and, and Harry, his, his partner, Jeff Daniels. And for no major reason, Harry gets blown up by a bomb. Didn't need to. It does not affect the plot in any way. And it doesn't make Kino Reeves want to get this guy any more than he normally would. Who, by the way, was Dennis Hopper in Easy Rider. No. This one really pisses me off. I like the Rambo movies. In Last Rambo, Last Stand, Rambo Last Stand, Rambo is retired and he's on a farm and he's living with a woman and he's got, she's probably a 16 or 17 year old daughter. And the plot of it, spoiler alert, is that a friend of hers in Mexico, they're probably in Texas, calls her up and says, I need your help, blah, blah, blah. They're selling people. I need help. Get me out of here. Please help me. When she goes down there, the daughter by herself, she finds out that the friend didn't really need help, but wanted to get Rambo's daughter into drugs and into all of that. It is the plot. The plot is that Rambo's daughter gets sucked into the slave trade and drugs, finds out about it because she eventually calls him. This Spit it out, old man. Who's dying here? The daughter. And But but here's why it's it's not, you know, Yes, if she died at the beginning of the movie and he goes ballistic, that works, okay? But he goes down to Mexico. He kills a thousand guys in the gang. He finds his daughter. His daughter is alive. She's on drugs, yeah, but she's alive. And he takes her in his arms, brings her to his truck, and they are almost home in Texas. And he looks at her and says something, and she's dead. Now, he rescued her. That was the theme of the movie. And it, it, the final scene is the, the cartel coming after him for having wreaked havoc in Mexico, which has nothing to do with his daughter dying. His daughter did not have to die. Fair. The end. Any more? Or do you want me to run through my list? Um, I'll give you a couple more. Well, I'll give you one more in The Expendables 2. Um, not a major character, but Billy, who is the sniper and new guy in the group, is finished with, with what their job was and is coming down the mountain and gets caught by the bad guys. And right in front of all the other expendables, needlessly, the bad guy kills him. And he's, he's, he was a great character. He was a very likable, young Liam. But, Hemsworth. Yep. Yeah, but, 
Well, so, okay, so just real quick, because you mentioned Expendables, did you know a fourth one's coming out? Uh, I didn't, but I'm glad for it. They're my favorite uh, series. New trailer uh, just released, so you can check that out. And here's the last one. First of all, I will say, anytime a dog dies in a movie, it's wrong. It, they didn't have to die. A dog doesn't have to die. And, and with, an, with one exception, right? Yes. John Wick, okay. I don't like it, but that is part of the plot, so yes. But look at Turner and Hooch and Tom Hanks with his dog. And, and Hooch dies? There's no point in that. So, you know, I didn't yell, but it uh, pisses me off when something, someone, animal, dies needlessly. Yeah, I Am Legend is a good example of the dog as well. Sam, it's all the way through the end of this crazy, fucked up world. Just to die in the end like that? Go fuck yourself. What, well, that ruined I, the entire movie. No, and I will tell you that I've never seen the movie, but I had heard. I, I Well, I guess I go on IMDb to see what the synopsis is, to see if I'm going to like it or if the, the main character dies and I'm going to like him. When I saw that the dog dies, I'm not watching that movie. I'm yeah. just not watching it. All right. I got a couple for you here then, and we can go through these real quick. They're all fairly nerdy. Um, but I think you'll know at least most of them. The first one is from Lord of the Rings, the two towers, um, the big battle scene at the end at Helm's deep, um, just before the battle starts, the elves show up, right. And it's led by a guy called Halder. Right. Why the fuck does Halder have to die? Come on. Really? I know. And I thought about that one too. I, I didn't put it on my list, but yeah, he was, he's the he's, blonde he's, guy. Who led the elves in? Led the elves there. They're retreating back in, and he turns and says, "Yeah, okay, um, let's let's go." And then just gets destroyed. Yes, um, I agree with that. A couple from Marvel, Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. Uh huh. The brother of Scarlet yeah. Witch, uh -huh. which yeah ties into Scarlet Witch later and her grief and yada yada yada. But and no, he, you know it. he's saving hawkeye and it's a it's a great scene a great moment that he's saving hawkeye who's trying to save a little kid he didn't see that coming he didn't have to fucking die the other one for marvel is phil colson in avengers so that's what it does did phil really have to die did no. he really have to um, die you're and that's a good one no he did not i have a couple of tv ones i know you mentioned movies specifically but i i was one, because I'm currently re-watching the show from NCIS, Special Agent Kate Todd. There's a couple from NCIS now that I think about it, but Kate Todd was uh, the first one. And Well, okay, let me stop you there, Dan. Part of the reason that a character might or might not die on a TV show is based on the fact that it's recurring and the actor or actress is going to get themselves a different part and and go away from the show, and the best way to do that is to kill them. To kill them. Yeah, I, no, I agree, and that, and that's exactly what happens. NCIS um, is one of my favorite shows, and I absolutely don't think. First of all, her death incites them all, and it allows Ziva to come in, who is a main character for a decade. So, so did she have to die? In this case, I'm going to say yes, she did. Okay. Um, just another one quick from NCIS. We don't need a debate because I just thought of it was Dornigat. He gets blown up in Egypt for no fucking reason. Give me a break. 
Yeah, I I agree with that one. Okay. Um, he wasn't a main character, but he was a quirky character, and and would have brought more to the show. His death didn't do anything to spur them on or make their mission any different. Right. They were already going after this specific guy. That's right. And it, so that didn't matter. And he didn't have to die a hero. He didn't have to die at all. I agree with that. Okay. Three from Game of Thrones, and then I'm going to throw out three controversial ones. Um, Jory Castle, Cassell, who is the right-hand guy of Ed Stark in the first season, and when they're fighting in minor, the streets with Jamie Lannister. Minor character. Yeah, but he didn't need to die. No, but minor. I don't care. Okay. Uncle Benjen. Uh, he no. says he, he says he can't cross the wall because of the magic and stuff, but all the dead people crossed the wall because of magic. So he could have and crossed the wall and lived. Look, I like Benjen, but uh, it doesn't hurt me. Rickon Stark. And this one only gets me because of the way he dies, because he doesn't know how to fucking zigzag. Well, the, the, and you know what, Dan? That's almost why you don't give a shit that this idiot died. Okay, but, fair that's enough. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, my controversial ones, there's two from Marvel, and then there's one from Game of Thrones. Um, the first Marvel one is Killmonger. And I know you don't like Black Panther, but it's Killmonger who is played by Michael B. Jordan, who is the main bad guy of the movie. And in the end, he kind of, after the fight with Black Panther and he realizes, you know, he's about to die. Yeah, they have the technology to save him. And he kind of realizes that he's wrong and that Black Panther is right. They could have no. saved him and brought him back and he no. could have fit in okay. No, he was such an asshole that you didn't want him to come back. Even if he, even if he repented, no, he was a fucking asshole. Loki. Look, I'm curmudgeon here, Dan. No, no, no. no. That's, okay. That's, Let him die. I'm good with that. That's Save fine. That, that's fine. Loki. That Loki again. Loki Loki ran hot and cold in every movie. You never knew whether he was serious. You never knew whether he was not. You never knew he, whether he was repentant. And half the time he wasn't. Yeah, but by the end of the third Thor movie, Ragnarok, he's with, he saves um asgard he's really becoming a true brother despite his little quirky bullshit he really has found a brother in thor and with the exception of stealing the tesseract um he didn't need to get his neck crushed by thanos and he didn't need to die now he there's a whole show and there's a whole spinoff of timelines and multiverse blah 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 that he's still alive but in that moment in the main timeline he did not need to die i don't care the last one I think will be interesting coming from you. Uh, it's Game of Thrones. And it's Danny Targaryen. And the reason I say she doesn't, it's controversial and she may not have needed to is because if, A, the writers were just fucking idiots with the last season and they kind of made it a joke in and of itself. But I feel like if, you know, certain things didn't go. Like everything had to go a perfect way in order for her to go batshit crazy, which is why she had to die. But there was a, an entire storyline of, oh shit, Jon Snow is a Targaryen. They could have they could have changed the whole dynamic instead of her just burning a city to the ground and people dying and her being going fucking nuts. They could have made it as just as dramatic and way more fun if they just took it of, oh shit, we're gonna support. Daenerys, oh shit, we're going to support Jon and and make that a storyline where she didn't need to die. 
John has a better claim, and he could have become king. But, but Dan, understand where I'm coming from as a curmudgeon. I want a beloved character not to die. And Danny's beloved. No, she, yeah, she's beloved the first four seasons. She's beloved all, all the seasons except for the last three episodes. I think I, I, she became less and less of a, a character that I felt strongly about. And when she burns the fucking city, she needs to die. Okay. That's all I had. I, you know, I, I throw them out there because I've read things about it. Absolutely. And well, you're part of the podcast. Yeah. So, all right. Fair enough. Needless dying in movies. A lot of it's bullshit. Writers need to figure it the fuck out. They never will. So our topic of the day, we're going we're gonna to mostly talk Yankees because we're Yankee fans and Judge just hit his third home run of the night. But it'll it'll tie into a broader topic or two, I think, that that'll make the broad baseball listener listen in as well, and not just us being Yankee fanboys and, and wanting the Yankees and, and all of that. The Yankees are sucking right now. They're not doing good. It's getting to the end of the season. They're five games under five hundred. There's thirty-seven games left. They're 17 games back for the division. They're 10 and a half back for the third wild card. They're not making the fucking playoffs this year. It sucks. It's it's not a great time to be a Yankee fan. There's a lot of issues. Well, um, I, I have the point on that one, Dan. And that's, that's really the point of this whole thing. <laughs> to, to do something stupid like the Michael Kajor. I've been a Yankee fan since 1975, okay? And they've won. They've not won. At no time am I not a fan. If they lose, they lose. If they lose in the playoffs, they lose. I'm still a fan. I'm not overcome with grief. I don't cry. It's a game. And they win and they lose. It's not just... Now, the Yankees have won more than most, which is fine. But you take the Knicks, you take the Rangers. They haven't won. The Knicks haven't won since the 70s. And the Rangers haven't won since 94. It doesn't make me less of a fan. And I watch them. But uh, the big swirling now around the Yankees is, at what point do you give up? And the answer is, and coming from the coach that I was for so many years, no, you don't give up. You can change things around, which is exactly what the Yankees did as of yesterday, bringing up young players and giving them a shot. Because... In their hearts, they know that there's no chance to make it to the playoffs. And their general manager came out today and said that, that it's an embarrassment and they have to do changes. But it brings up uh, two points. Number one, is tanking, for whatever reason, tanking a fairly new word that means you intentionally lose to get a good draft choice um, or because you're giving up. And the second thing is, is when you're a fan of a team, is winning a championship the only thing you care about? If they don't win a championship, which is most of the Yankees fans believe that if you don't win the World Series, it's a lousy season. And and that's just not true. You can enjoy your team. You can enjoy them winning to go to the playoffs. And if they lose in the playoffs, they lose. It doesn't make it less of a season because they didn't win the championship. Now, one more thing. 
I have a, there's a life rule, I think, that I'll bring up now. We can talk about it later when it's there. And that is, if one of your teams wins championship, don't expect your other teams to win. And don't expect to win again in the near future. Look at all the teams that have never won championships. Look at all the teams that haven't won since the 1920s. People are still fans. And it doesn't make the game or your fandom any less exciting or happy. Yes, yeah, so let's take this from the beginning, right? So uh, tanking. Yes, I think tanking is a fairly new, I would say within the last 15 to 20 years has really become a thing, specifically in football and basketball, I feel. because And, and it kind of ties into our conversation about resting players and having off days on purpose and scheduled off days and load management. Yeah, because the drafts in those sports are so important. Having a top five pick in either of those sports can make or break a team, especially a bad team. And in basketball, look at LeBron James went first overall, and doesn't matter what team he plays on, they're going to be a contender and has been for the last 20 years. Um, the same in football. If you can get that quarterback at number one, um, you know, Eli Manning was drafted number one, ultimately traded to the Giants at number four for Philip Rivers, who, although he didn't win a championship, Rivers went on to have a great career. You know, those drafts are important. And I think teams have started realizing that. So they're saying, God, we are fucking terrible. Let's try to win games and we're going to tank and we'll get a top draft pick and maybe we can change our franchise around. Yeah. But Dan, Dan, look at you and look at your brother when you were playing. If I ever said to either of you, don't play so hard. Don't give your best. Don't, we want to lose this game for whatever reason. And that would never happen in literally. But if I said to you as a player, Dan, you know what? Don't play so hard. You would laugh at me and you would still play hard. Of course. you know, when I think most tanking, it's got to be something that is manipulated by a coach versus the players, because you can't say to to the New York Knicks, listen, we want to get a lottery pick. Look, guys, don't play hard. OK, no, because no absolutely. And- they're, they're worried about their future and future monies. They're going to play as hard as they can. But but, you know, of course, but you're but you're the coach. So you're in a maybe a key moment, you're pulling your best player and sitting them on the bench or in football, you're choosing to run the ball instead of trying to put the ball in your quarterback's hands to make big plays. You're calling little slant. Like it's in the play call and it's in, we're going to rest this player at the start of the fourth quarter because they can run up the score. And then we just won't have a chance at the end of the fourth quarter when I put them back in. So there you're right as a player, no, there's no such thing as tanking. These players want to play well. They want it for themselves, for their team, for money, for their families. Especially they've been playing this sport their whole life and they've been playing to win their whole life. It's going to come from the upper management that says, I want a team that can win next year. We're not going anywhere. Tank and talk to your manager. Hey, give Judge the extra five days rest here and there and and let's – you know, rest him with Stanton one time and we won't have any big bats in our lineup and we'll lose this game. Yeah, uh, as, a, as a fan, if your team doesn't win a championship, does that mean a whole lot to you? 
Yes and no. Um, if the Yankees don't win a championship every year, I'm going to be disappointed. At the same time, I can recognize a great season. In 2017, when we lost at Game 7 ALCS to Houston, the cheating bastards, we that was a fantastic season. We won 100-plus games in the regular season. We dominated in the playoffs. We, we played a Houston team who was cheating and took them to the ninth inning of Game 7, and we lost. And that sucked. We should have won a championship that year. Um, you know, it would have been a good World Series versus the Dodgers, but it was still a great season. So for me personally, and it, it, it depends on the team and expectations. The Knicks haven't won since 73. If they make the playoffs, I, I'm happy. That's great. Holy shit, my team's in the playoffs. If they can win a playoff series, damn, that's cool. Because they haven't won it forever. So the expectation of me as a fan, especially being an, a, a younger fan, to the point of where the championship was. Yeah. I, I, it's not a big deal. You kind of have to rate it based off of the team and where they're at during that time. So no, I don't expect anything from the Knicks. I expect the Rangers to make the playoffs. They've made it the past few years. They got a real young, good team that I think could ultimately win in the next couple of years. Don't win the championship and they get to the playoffs and win a couple of rounds. Are you disappointed that they didn't win a championship? There's and that a little in every year. Does that make you less of a fan? It doesn't make you less of a fan, no. But and again, to me, it depends on team. As a Yankee fan, I want the Yankees to win every year. And part of that is the expectation of when I really got into baseball was 1996. We won a championship. 97, we got knocked out. 98, 99, 2000, we won championships. 01, we went to a World Series. 03, we went to the World Series. And 09, we won a championship. So and that should be I, enough for the rest of your life to enough. make you a happy Yankee fan. No, of course it's not. I, as a fan, you want your team to win the championship, period. If they don't, it's not. No, it's not. And you can't get hung up on that. But you still want your team to win a championship every year. I don't expect the Giants to win a championship this year, but I want them to. As a fan, I want my teams to win a championship every single year. It's not going to happen. It's damn near fucking impossible. Even the, the Dynasty Patriots couldn't win every year. But I want my team to at least make the World Series every other year. I think as a Yankee fan who they have 27 championships, the most of any professional sports team in North America. Three times as many as any other, other than St. Louis. Right. So, yeah, they've won a bajillion championships. Should that be enough for me? No. I want them to win. I want them to be competitive. I want them to beat their rivals in every single game. I want them to win 100 games every year. I want them to win a championship every year. If they don't, it, you know, this year, if we somehow, look, we're we're five games under 500 right now. We need to go 21 and 16 to break even this year. I'd be happy with that right now, the way this team has played this year. It sucks that we're not going to be in the playoffs. It sucks that we're not going to be a championship team this year. But I hope we are learning from this and bringing up our young players. And that next year, We'll be a championship team, and we'll go okay. out and we'll win a championship. I'm disagreeing with that. As a fan, and I'm as much of a fan as you are, the only way to really turn things around is to have something drastic happen. If you break even 
this year. Hal Steinbrenner, Brian Cashman, and anybody else in the upper levels of the Yankees are not going to do a damn thing. But if you finish last, if you are 10 or 12 or 15 games under 500, somebody's got to wake up and say, you know what? We have to do something drastic because with this team, the only way they're going to turn around is not next year they're going to win a championship, Dan, just just because. They well, need no, to you're right. drastic done. Yes, you're right. Something drastic needs to happen. But I, I don't think, look, Dan, we have 37 games left. There's no way we're going 21 and 16. We're not doing it. We will finish under 500. Do you know the last time the Yankees finished under 500? On 1996. We won a championship in 96. 94. 94 um, had the strike, but we were still above 500. You're um, close, though. 92, 91. 1992, the Yankees were 76 and 86, the last time we had a losing record. If okay. you don't think that it's been 30 years of winning and now we have a losing season, something drastic better fucking happen because as a fan, if it doesn't, I'm going to be pissed. Now, however, a drastic change could mean bringing up these four young prospects and letting them play all year because they've been tearing up the minor leagues. The major leagues is a different beast. I get it, but give them the chance and see, look what happened in 96. They brought up four guys, surrounded them with some veterans and look what happens. They won the championship. Do the same thing again. Dan, don't hold your breath for the next year, okay? I Look, f- Yankees, I expect a championship every year. It's the only team I root for that I expect that. Everything else, you make the playoffs, you know, I, and maybe it's because I'm just a super baseball fan and I'm, I'm more casual with the other sports. The Giants won in, in 2011. That's good enough for me for a while. I'm content. I think we could we could be a good team this year coming up. I think we got a shot at making the playoffs, maybe winning a playoff game. But I, I don't expect us to win a championship this year. No, I, I want us to. As a fan, I want my team to win a championship every year. But I, I don't expect it. But I expect if we don't make the playoffs this year, I'll be a little disappointed because I think well, we're good enough to. Yeah. But. but I want to lose every game. Do something drastic. All right, fair enough. Well, we want to hear your guys' thoughts. Send us an email at dudesuppodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at dudesuppodcast. Uh, Let us know what you think about the life rules. Women, are they always right? They should be. If you're a guy, listen to your wife, your girlfriend. They're always right. Real life over fake life. Let us know your thoughts. I feel like maybe there are even people who don't really think about the fake life aspect. Think about it. Let us know what you think about real life over fake life. What unnecessary deaths did we miss? Let us know. I know there's a million of them. We, we clearly didn't touch, come close to touching all of them, but let us know which ones we missed. Do you agree with some that we mentioned? Do you disagree with some? Do the Yankees actually suck? Most of you will probably say yes because you're not Yankee fans and you hate that we're winning championships all the time, except for recently. Um, but let us know your thoughts. Ice cream flavors. You know mine are the best. You can't deny it. So get over it. And deal with it. And I don't know. That's all I got. You got anything else? Uh, I do not. Uh, Dan, 
I'll see you when I see you. Laters, Gators.